Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is the Sikkim Podcast, presented by your friend in the car business, Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat in Waco, online at alansamuelsdcj.com. The Sikkim Podcast is a production of Baylor Athletics. Now, here are your hosts, Brooke Bednars and the voice of the Bears, John Morris. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's Sikkim Podcast, a production of Baylor Athletics. Hey, we're glad you're with us this week. We moved the calendar to the month of November. Lots to talk about here in Baylor Athletics in November. And, Brooke, uh, we are pleased to have with us as our guest this week, Don Rogers, Baylor's Deputy Athletic Director and Senior Women's Administrator. And, Don, uh, like I said, we're past due having you on the Sikkim Podcast, so this is a great time to have you on. Well, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here with you guys. Today. Yes, we're, we've been looking forward to this one for sure. We have. There's so much to talk about. Yes. I mean, so much we can talk about, Who Dawn. knows where we're going to go in this Exactly. I think we'll go a lot of different directions, but I know you'll uh, field every ball cleanly, and uh, we look forward to it. Absolutely. Tell us, uh, you've been at Baylor three years now, three-plus years. Yes. And uh, give us your background, I guess. Give us, a, give us a short version of your background. <laughs> how I got here? Yes, how we, you got we here. We won't go we'll back to Danby, New York, or... <laughs> Ithaca. Ithaca College. Yes. How about yes. that? I'm an Ithaca College grad. I went to um, grad school at UMass Amherst. So I am I am an East Coaster that has slowly made myself West and now I'm swinging South. <laughs> but um, went into college athletics and I spent some a short time at Temple University, um, even University of Cincinnati for a really short stint. And then I was um, at University of Akron for eight years uh, maybe nine years. Uh, that's where I met my husband. That's where our son Owen was born. And um, then we moved to Cincinnati. I worked at Xavier and uh, that's where Hazel was born. So my whole family is from Ohio, except for me. And then we went out West and I worked at Arizona State University for nine years and left to run the 2017 Phoenix Final Four. So I did that for two years and then was unemployed and trying to decide what our next move was, and this wonderful opportunity um, came uh, at Baylor University. Oh, I love that. Uh, that's such a neat story. Um, go back to, you said Akron's when you met your husband, yes. Rob. Okay, tell us a little bit about that. How'd you guys cross paths? At and a football did, game. At a, okay, <laughs> of course. Sporting of course. event. Yes, yeah. it's the only way. <laughs> yes, we were, uh, I did game operations for football, and uh, apparently he was on our sideline cheering for the other team. Oh. And I gave him a dirty look. <laughs> I said, I deserved. You were fortunate you weren't thrown out of the game at that point. So um, he did a little, um, not Googling back in those days, but had the game program and saw who oh, I was. Oh, there and you go. Yeah. Way to go, Rob. Yeah, I had a nice. little chance encounter, came into my office with some fake story yeah. made up reason yeah. yes <laughs> yes and uh that's how we met and um 
Yeah, and we were married there. It was really neat. He was from that area, had come back to work at his high school. So we still have a lot of friends in Akron between people that I worked with and and his friends that he went to college with in high school. And while we're talking family, uh, Owen played football at Arizona State and then played here at Baylor, finished at Baylor, and he's still here. He is. What's he doing now? So he graduated with his master's in May, and now he's working part-time in the um, weight room with Corey Campbell, which is just such a tremendous influence, all the coaches that he works with down there, and um, hopes to get into strength and conditioning himself. So what a great opportunity for him. Yeah, That's a perfect person to learn from. Oh, yeah. I mean, the whole staff down there is – they're just – He's, he's gotten to work with all of the Olympic coaches between his internship and now working full-time, or excuse me, part-time, and um, they're just the best. And then Hazel is your daughter. Hazel yes. is at the University of Arkansas. She is, yes. Yeah. So she um, is a manager there for the volleyball team, and uh, we went to visit Arkansas when she was still in high school. Um, the volleyball coach there is a good friend of mine, and she fell in love with the campus, and decided that that's where she was going to go. And that was when we were in Arizona. Mm, wow. So, lo and behold, we come to Texas. And now it's nice. She's only six and a half hours away from us. <laughs> you met in the middle. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's great. What about, I'm curious, uh, you leave Arizona State. You've got a job there. Senior, probably senior associate AD, yeah, right? Yes. At, at Arizona State. You leave that to become the uh, executive director of the uh, the Final Four committee there in Phoenix. Yes. How hard of a job is that, knowing that that Final Four job is, is probably, what, a two-year job and that's it? Yeah, that was that was probably the only difficult decision to do you know, to be the executive director. And at that time, you know, Danny Gavitt was, um, still is the vice president for basketball at the NCAA. And Joanne Scott is the managing director of the tournament. Um, you know, Mark Hollis was going to be the chair of our group. The men's basketball committee was, you know, I had a number of good friends on the committee and I just, I looked at it as the most amazing opportunity to grow and develop um, myself personally. And, uh, so I took a leap of faith and it really was a leap of faith. Um, it was probably the only part of the experience was not knowing where, where I was going to end up. And we really wanted to stay in Phoenix. I mean, we, you know, we loved that community of the places that we lived. It has, it was the one that we were just had great relationships. It's home base for our kids And, um, so that's how special Baylor was that we ended up leaving that community, but it was definitely a leap of faith. Faith. It was one of the most extraordinary opportunities I've ever had. Had you had a big impact in basketball at that point or kind of what, because when you lettered in volleyball and track and field, um, so how did, how did basketball become such a forefront for you? Well, I always, I always say to people that what Scott Drew loves the most about me is I know nothing about basketball. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I cannot dribble and look down the court. And, um, you know, I think it really was when I went to Xavier University, Skip Prosser was the head coach. What a tremendous man. Um, you know, we had Thad Mata, then hired Sean Miller, and um, had the opportunity to go to Arizona State and work with Herb Sundek. So I've I've had the opportunity to be around, you know, just the best of the best um, with coaches. And um, I, I don't I don't know why, but it just it, it was a place that I was really comfortable working with coaches and programs and trying to find ways to help, you know, to help them be better. And I had worked on the bid for the final four when I got to Arizona State. We had just um, 
the Cardinals facility had just opened up, so we became part of the Future Cities hosts. And um, ironically, when I was in graduate school, I thought about going into event management. It was one okay. area that kind of interested me and decided not to, um, but it kind of combined, you know, you're, you're really, when you're doing the Final Four, you're putting on a huge party. You know, your community is hosting every different event. The game is really a small piece of what you're planning when you're the executive director. You're planning all the events that go around the event. And so, um, and that's to me what basketball is. It's, it's everything that's around the game to help the team get better because I've always just worked with these extraordinary coaches and including coach Drew, who's really just the greatest, um, to work with and, and how he sees things and how he sees every aspect around the team. I really enjoy working with that. So the final four comes and goes successful. You get a pat on the back. What do you do next? How do you, <laughs> how do you go back to work or how do you uh, go about looking for your next job after that? Well, we, you know, when you get done with the event, you basically have one month to do the whole after action report. And so the game gets over, you know, I gave our team a couple of days off, you know, because you're just that 10 days before and, and on, you know, into Tuesday after the championship game, you're just working at this frantic pace and, um, so I was actually sitting in my office, um, a day or two after, and it was just me and just kind of enjoying the solitude and the calm, the quiet, and, yeah, the, it just, <laughs> there was no more wake. And, um, and I got a f call from a friend and asked if I would be interested. Um, there was an opportunity at Baylor, um, didn't know a lot about it, but would I be comfortable if they gave my name to the search firm? And we kind of went from there. And I had been working on different things in Phoenix. It probably would have taken me out of college athletics, which um, wasn't as attractive to me because I really, and it's it's really just proven when I, when I came and started talking to Mac about the job here that, you know, that hiatus of not being on a campus for two years, I was still working in college athletics. And it really um, cemented for me that if it wasn't going to be Baylor, it was going to be someplace in college athletics because that's what I really enjoy. The Black is back. It's the Black Friday sales event at Allen Samuels. Get special holiday deals on the truck of your dreams, like a brand new Ram Lone Star Crew Cab with special factory discounts and financing. Or grab hold of the Swiss Army Knife of SUVs, Jeep Gladiator, and head for holiday adventure. The Black is back. The Black Friday sales event from Allen Samuels, your friend in the car business. Whether on the field or cheering from home, Du Bois Furniture is proud to support the Baylor Bears. If your bear cave needs updating, Du Bois Furniture is here to help. With over 59 years of our family serving yours, let our experienced sales team help you find exactly what you want. We specialize in custom upholstery, stunning dining rooms, elegant bedrooms, gorgeous leather, and top quality mattresses. Come see us in Waco and Temple or visit us online at DuBoisFurniture.com. Du Bois Furniture, where beautiful homes happen. Now, back to the Sikkim Podcast, presented by your friend in the car business, Alan Samuels, Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat. 
We're visiting with Don Rogers, Deputy Athletic Director and Senior Women Administrator for Baylor. We just dove into all the details of your career that led up to Baylor, joining the Green and Gold. Um, so when you finally did get the opportunity to come to Baylor, what was that process like and, and what has it been since? I mean, there's there's been a lot, a lot of changes since you got here in 2017. There really have been. And, you know, when I was, you know, when I first talked started talking to Mac and I knew he was talking to a number of really qualified candidates. And I looked at Baylor and, you know, if you look back at the spring of 2017, just the success that was happening here with the athletic teams, I looked at the grade point average and I started to think, you know, where am I going to make an impact? You know, I don't want to go to an organization where I'm not going to have the opportunity. Men's basketball was really just, um, performing so, so well. I sat there and watched the women's golf, you know, program competing for their national championship. And what really drew me here was the vision of what Mac had for Baylor athletics. And so when I, you know, when I had the opportunity to talk to him several times and I listened to the commitment that he had to the student athlete, that was really what drew me and the vision of what he wanted Baylor to become, you know, to build on the success that Baylor had already had. And obviously there was work to be done when I got here on some of our different policies and procedures and, and, and things that would strengthen the, the program, but it really was his vision. Um, and really what I appreciated as well was that he was going to hire a woman to be the deputy athletic director and to oversee men's basketball. And I didn't come here as a senior women's administrator. I came here as a deputy athletic director. And I really appreciated that as well. Um, that was important to him. Regardless of who he hired, he wanted to hire a woman that would have a senior leadership position on his executive team. And obviously the biggest piece that drew me was overseeing men's basketball. That was you know, something for me that I was most comfortable in. I've probably overseen just about every sport. Um, I also get to work with women's golf here, which I, you know, I truly enjoy that team as well. But those were the different pieces, the health and wellness piece that really drew me here. You look at your background and Mac's background, uh, the common denominator there is Akron University. Yes. But you weren't there at the same time. So that really was, you didn't know Mac really, no, did you, until I did not. you came here? No, I had followed him. You know, obviously he's very respected. Um, in the business. And um, I knew the great things that he had done at Akron, you know, when you work at the same place and you understand the same challenges and the hurdles to overcome. And we had common uh, friends, people that had worked for him. Um, you know, you have a lot of people that are friends in the industry, but you've never necessarily worked side by mm -hmm. side or for them. And that was really important for me to be able to reach out to a couple people, um, reached out to a lot of people that worked with a new coach drew and, you know, just kind of took my time to really understand the landscape, um, of what Baylor looked like. You know, Dr. Livingstone hadn't been hired yet. Um, on my very last piece before I was officially hired, I talked to her mm. on the phone, uh, from California. Mm. And so there were a lot of pieces being put into place, but I, I really felt so comfortable with Mac, um, knowing what he had done, the places that he had been and the people that he had worked with, but we were not zips at the same time. Hmm. <laughs> That's crazy. Small world. You mentioned your, you oversee men's basketball, you oversee women's golf, but there are also a wide assortment of things 
that you oversee and that you have a hand in. Kind of walk us through what those are and what your day-to-day kind of looks like. Well, our day-to-day for everyone right now is so different. Um, That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, (laughs) it certainly has changed. But um, yes, when I was hired, one of the things, again, that really attracted me to come here was the opportunity to work with our student-athlete side of the house. And so I oversee the Student-Athlete Center for Excellence, which is run by Marcus Sedbury, and oversee Health and Wellness, which is run by Kenny Boyd. So in fairness, they're both rock stars. And so I don't have day-to-day oversight of those areas because they run those areas masterfully. Um, the commitment that Mac has made to those two areas specifically have been a huge change um, in just three short years. And what the areas that we've added, the staff that we've put in place, the systems that we have to ensure our student-athlete success, um, I think is so different in just three short years, which is which is really transformational when you look at our health and wellness staff and where we started and just the addition of mental health, the expansion of our, you know, nutrition performance areas, um, continuing to grow our sports performance, our athletic, you know, training medicine program. And so getting to work with, with those two and really just collaborating with them more than overseeing those units because, you know, they're so strong. I also, um, when I first started, uh, worked with our strategic planning. I think, you know, a lot of the different initiatives that have come out of that, things like One Standard and One Accord, um, were different areas where we put together. Uh, Baylor Built was another area that certainly, you know, Marcus could have put that together that program by himself. He has at other institutions, but the collaboration of people from across campus and from across our own department. I think made um, a lot of what we put in place even stronger. And then the last area that, um, that I oversee is our education and policy. And so specifically our Title IX policy and education. And so I affectionately refer to myself as an air traffic controller (laughs) that um, when there's an issue uh, that comes to me, a code of conduct, a Title IX, an equity issue, I help get that issue to the right place on campus, make sure that we follow our policy procedure, make sure that the student athlete um, or anyone, whoever it is in our department that's impacted by that is um, okay and that we follow our procedure to make sure that everything is, um, you know, that every person that's involved um, is taken care of. And so those are kind of my buckets that I get to work with in addition to uh, the two teams. That last area you mentioned, the Title IX, uh, inclusivity, gender equity, uh, diversity, that area is uh, is not insignificant. I mean, that that is a major part of your job, I'm thinking, but a major part of what we do here. And Absolutely. it just seems like we have put more, uh, necessarily, we have put more emphasis in that area. And it's very important uh, to every one of us here in the athletic department. It really is because I think with all of the areas that you mentioned, you know, we always need to be moving forward and we, you know, we need to look at ways um, to grow personally, professionally, to really understand if, I mean, I'm 55 and I think just of the progression of, of how we refer to um, different areas, things that were acceptable in the past that are absolutely not acceptable now. 
And it's exciting to see that growth. And it's, it's really exciting. Um, you know, for me, I look at my two kids kind of as I always call them affectionately, my Petri dish (laughs) of what's going on, um, in the, in, you know, for college kids. And these are really important issues to them. I mean, we look at the last five months and it's exciting today to see how engaged students are in their community, in their community here in Waco, in their community at home. You know, you think back to, you know, when the hurricane hit Lake Charles and all the efforts that Mark Vidal wanted to do, not only for his family, but for the community. And I think that's something that we continue to foster here. And it's been exciting in the last you know, five or six months, you know, just to watch campus grow and students find their voice and talk about things that are important to them. And so it's important that we do that too. We're teaching um, ourselves, we're teaching our students how to use their voice, and we're looking at different issues in our society that we need to face and discuss um, and we're looking at, you know, different, you know, issues that face our society and how are we going to react to them. I think that's one of Baylor's gifts, the ability to be out in front, to do everything that we do um, with Christ as our guide. Um, and so these areas are ever changing and some of them are uncomfortable at times. Um, but I love that we can talk about them as an institution and about and as and as an athletic department. Another thing you mentioned is just the growth that you've seen from the, you know, simply down to the mental health department that we now have, um, just all the things for health and wellness of our student athletes. And when we look at the season that we are in currently with the pandemic, that's something no one could have planned for. But the preparation that Mac and you and everyone else did to get us to where we were when everyone did go home, we've been able to speak with a lot of the athletes and, you know, the the feedback that they've had is just the tremendous job that you and everyone else did in order to make sure that those things were still available, whether it was through Zoom or, you know, all the yes. different things. But to, to kind of give you an opportunity to give credit to the people that work with you that made that possible because it was you know, something that no one could have planned for. And that's one, one of the things that I'm really proud of is just the creativity and innovation of our staff. And we just really didn't miss a beat. Um, you look at our character formation staff, for example, all the programming that they do, all the commitment that we've made to the young people in our program to help them grow um, so that when they leave Baylor with their degree, they're ready to, um, to get a job, to um, handle their own finances, to, um, as Owen always says, you know, to adult. To adult. Adulting. Adulting. (laughs) And, um, you know, and that staff is so creative, you know, like within a week, they had figured it out and the different technologies that were available through Zoom and taking all of their in-person programming and moving it to a virtual platform. That's unbelievable. I will also tell you that we would not have been up and running and able to handle the things that we've been able to handle without Kenny Boyd and our health and wellness staff. They have been on the front lines above and beyond. You know, I look at some of our staff, um, like, you know, Juliana Buzzard who, you know, we'll have to pivot because all of a sudden we have a team that's not going to practice or we have student athletes in quarantine and her ability to just seamlessly pivot and say, okay, you know what? we're just going to move that catered meal outside and you all of a sudden see a line of cars driving through, um, and picking up food. And so I look at those staffs, you know, our SACE staff, um, our academic coaches who 
they really need that interaction with our student athletes, um, our learning specialists, who it's hard to do something over Zoom. And so they have just found different ways to still stay connected with our teams and, and just not miss a beat. And they know our student athletes so well that they know someone that's going to, you know, adapt all right to online learning. And then we had, you know, and I've seen it with my own daughter. It is difficult mm -hmm. to go all of a sudden to, you know, to be virtual. And professors who may never have done this before, and all of a sudden we're, I mean, we're sitting in Kansas City, and all of a sudden, boom, we're headed back, and boom, our students are going home. And so our staff has just been, I, I cannot imagine going through this with anybody else. Max, you know, attention to detail, he can tell you about contact tracing. He can tell you about every different piece of, um, you know, what we're dealing with because he really gets into the details. And that, I think, is what has gotten us through. Um, our executive team is unbelievable. We, you know, we toss a problem out there or an idea or a concept and we're able to talk it through and look at all the different pitfalls. Um, I've seen different departments come together and collaborate that just didn't have the need to before, but all of a sudden we're having weekly calls and compliance and health and wellness and Monique's on there from a mental health perspective and Coach Roof. I mean, just all these different people coming together to talk through whatever's ahead for us in the next couple of days. And we're, you know, all of a sudden there's an unintended consequence and okay, we've got to do it a little bit differently. And our coaches have been the same way. It's just been, um, you know, it's been one of the most challenging times I think we've all dealt with, but at the same time, it has really given people a, a chance to shine and do things in a different way. And some of those things will stick with us. I look at our SAC meetings, nearly a hundred percent attendance because, you know, it's easier to just jump on a zoom call and everybody's still involved and interactive. But, um, those are some things that I think in the future, maybe keeping a zoom meeting every once in a while, occasionally, I find myself not running around like a crazy person because I'm now I find myself also having to get up and get a time out and head out of my office and, and do a lap around the building. Cause you could just sit there all day, but it's really, it's really been fun to see different people shine. Um, and this, the staff here is just exceptional. Well, and all that work has also got us on the field, you know, yes. wins and losses aside, we've been playing sports in a time when everyone, you know, just a couple of months ago, didn't know if that was going to be possible. And now we're gearing up and we're talking about basketball. So yes. that's super exciting. Yeah. And I'm, and, and I think that that's really great to mention because I'm so proud of the big 12 for just taking, you know, taking our time and really making decisions when we had to make decisions instead of getting too out far out in front of something. And we're doing that right now, working through basketball. We have a basketball working group and we're same thing that, that football did. Um, and the SWAs, same thing we did with all the fall sports. And we're now talking about the spring sports and you just sometimes feel like you need to make a decision when in reality you can wait a little bit of time. And we just, we get more information, new information every day. And, um, so we're doing that with basketball right now and it's coming up fast. Um, so we are, we are making decisions, but, um, just trying to take everything that we've learned, uh, to help us get through the basketball season. 
If you need a trailer, Flat Rock Trailers has got you covered. From light-duty single-axle utility trailers to the big text tandem duels. We also carry a full line of enclosed cargo trailers. Need a motorcycle trailer? We've got them. Need a dump trailer? We've got the largest selection in the state. Oil field trailers? We carry a full line of big text trailers to handle all your needs. Trailer repairs? We repair all makes and models. We'll even rent you a trailer if you need to use one for a day. Flat Rock Trailers, your number one source for all your trailer needs. Find us at flatrocktrailers.com. To say my wife and I have a lot to clean is an understatement. So we go to TNG Chemical, where the pros know what cleaning solutions to use and give us detailed instructions on exactly how to use them. We never got that kind of advice from any other stores. And the prices at TNG are great, from general household cleaners to odor control solutions for our pets. We go to TNG Chemical and Supply. That's why. TNG Chemical and Supply. That's why. You're listening to the Sikkim Podcast, a production of Baylor Athletics. Here again are Brooke Bednars and John Morris. Don Rogers, our guest on the Sikkim Podcast. It's presented by Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat, your friend in the car business at alansamuelsdcj.com. Don, you mentioned a couple times you're the sport administrator or you oversee men's basketball and women's golf. Uh, we sort of understand that. I'm not sure we understand everything that goes along with it. But for our listeners, what all is involved in being the sport administrator for those sports? You know, you're really, you're really there as a partner with the coach um, and the staff, and you're helping guide them. You know, you're not the expert in, uh, obviously, in coaching, and I certainly am not in golf. But, um, you know, you're there to help the coach as they're making decisions, as they're, you know, everything from scheduling to roster management to recruiting to what they need to be successful. You're really, you know, if you imagine just taking Mac as the athletic director, and then we all serve in that role for each individual sport. So every sport here at Baylor has a sport program administrator. Many of them also have a secondary so that you can be helping someone else that wants to, you know, to get to that place of overseeing a team. But I really look at it as a partnership with the coach um, to be there to guide them and, um, you know, you're, you're certainly enjoying, um, when things go well, but you're really there for the coach when things are not going well, or you hit, you know, you hit some adversity. I always say, you know, after a game or, you know, in a tournament that we don't perform as well, I'm just there and I don't have any words to make it better, but whenever the coach wants to talk through it, um, then I'm there to listen and try to, you know, try to give some guidance as we move forward. But it's a really, it's my favorite, you know, it's my favorite part of the job. I loved in um, past jobs when my office has been in the arena because it's my favorite part of the day to go down to, you know, any practice at all. Um, I truly love going down to basketball practice and, and watching, you know, that's what really motivates me. Uh, you walk in the door every day for your student athletes. And so when you go to practice and you see how hard they're working and how much, you know, they just enjoy each other. I mean, you've seen it when you go over to basketball practice. I mean, that group of young men, they just enjoy being together. And even even when they're practicing, everything is so competitive. And just the joy that they have um, and the intensity, like you kind of walk out of there and you're like, okay, I need to work harder. <laughs> those those right. guys are just laying it all out and this is, you know, this is practice. 
Well, you, you said, you know, you're there for them when it, when it's hard. Um, but these two programs are making it pretty easy on you right now. Uh, women's true. golf, three championships. They were, you know, they're in the top 10 still. They were number one and we got to celebrate that. I mean, dive into what that program has been doing this fall when it's not something that, you know, we can't all follow them on the golf course, but you know, we get to see their success and uh, follow it on social media and other ways. Yeah. It, it really has been fun to watch that program. He, Jay has been really successful in his tenure here, and to um, I went down a couple weeks ago when they were in Austin and um, walked the final day with them, which was really fun um, because they won, and um, they beat the host team and came really close to a course record, and so it was a, it was kind of an enjoyable day because you weren't, you know, it wasn't like regionals when you were sitting there going, when somebody misses a putt, like, dang, we might, you know, we mm -hmm. might not advance. Um, they had a really sizable lead and, you know, that team has just really come together. They enjoy each other. They're so competitive, but they really support each other. You know, when someone doesn't make the travel team, they are still cheering on their teammates. And to me, that is when you've really hit a level of success when everyone is ultra competitive, they want to be out there, but they still have care and compassion, you know, for their fellow teammates. So, I love working with Jay and his assistant, Carly. She's, she's just phenomenal. And um, it's going to be really fun to see how that team does this spring. You know, Gerline is just playing so, so well. And um, she has a bright future, um, you know, with some different events that she, you know, she'll get invited to outside of collegiate golf. And um, it's really fun to watch them play right now. Well, and w what was the first win? Was it up in o Oklahoma, right? Uh, Somewhere up there. It was, yeah. Yeah, so the first one, and Jay, I remember Coach Goebel saying they won by 31 strokes, and they didn't even know it. The girls were just competing yeah. with themselves <laughs> yes. and really didn't know how far ahead they were of the yeah. field. That's a really good sign for yeah. that team. He doesn't let them have their phones out yeah. there on the golf course. <laughs> um and so they did. They won up there um, the last tournament that they played in, um, the Cowgirl Classic at Oklahoma State. They were actually behind. And um, it was phenomenal because they ended up, it looked like they had tied, but they had LOD's score wrong. And so David Kay was actually texting me. He's like, I think we won this. And wow. it was amazing to come from behind. You know, that course gets really, really windy. And it was cold and windy on that last day. And, um, you know, for us to come back was really amazing after being down after the second day. That was a huge comeback. It was. And your other sport is men's basketball, which has had unprecedented success yes. with Coach Drew. And you're right there with men's basketball and, and high hopes for that team, very deservedly yes. so this year. Yeah, they, you know, it was so hard, um, you know, being in Kansas City, being in the room when Coach Drew um, told them that the tournament had been canceled. I remember Freddie. Um, you know, looking at Coach Drew and saying, well, what about the NCAA tournament? And at that point, we felt pretty pretty confident that that was also going to get canceled. And to just see the disappointment on their faces, I mean, what a just incredible season that that was. And um, it's hard because not everybody's back. You know, you, you know, we lost, you know, some terrific players. But really to see them come back, um, you know, and, and – a little nervous that we were going to have a couple young men leave early um, to go to the draft. And you always want to celebrate somebody's success and their ability to go on professionally and would never want to stand in the way of that. But it's really been fantastic to see 
you know, to see everybody come back and um, really just get right back to work and pick up where we left off and, and uh, you know, go to the NCAA tournament. Well, and their success from last year is carrying over, you know, sweeping the preseason, you know, player of the yes. year with Jared Butler, Macy Oteague, and Mark Vidal getting honorable mention. Um, and then they're all already making watch lists. So yes. already things to be celebrating and the season hasn't even started yet. And it's, you know, it's really exciting. Um, we will, you know, I think we'll have a tremendous class that we sign. We have this incredible group of young men. We've um, been selected as the national team to represent the USA in the World University Games, which is just such an honor to be able to get to do that. So it's, I think what's, what makes it so special is, and, and John, you see this every day with this team, this group of coaches um, work so hard. They really do work to put the student athletes first. Um, they have such a cr commitment to running the program um, in the image of Christ. And then to, to see them be successful along the way with that, it just makes it even more rewarding because I feel like they do it for the right reasons. They really have created this great family of, you know, of men that care about each other, that, you know, you look at somebody like Mark Vidal, you know, he's so close to getting his degree. He'll leave here as a Baylor grad. He um, will do a phenomenal job in life. I hope he gets a chance to play professionally for a long time. He's kind of created this niche for himself of, you know, just being one of the hardest working guys, most uh, selfless guys out there on the court. Um, and those are all the little successes that you really enjoy and appreciate when you see every day how hard everybody's working. The Black is back. It's the Black Friday sales event at Allen Samuels. Get special holiday deals on the truck of your dreams, like a brand new Ram Lone Star Crew Cab with special factory discounts and financing, or grab hold of the Swiss Army knife of SUVs, Jeep Gladiator, and head for holiday adventure. The Black is back. The Black Friday sales event from Allen Samuels, your friend in the car business. I hate my job, but I don't mind getting up in the morning. I dread each day, but I can't wait to get out of bed. You ask me why, and what I'll say to you is true. Well, you can get breakfast tacos at Rudy's Barbecue. Scrambled eggs and brisket, they ain't fooling around. Salsa wraps on there, the best in town. Barbecue for breakfast, yes, it's true. Put a smile on your morning at Rudy's Barbecue. This is the Sikkim Podcast, presented by your friend in the car business, Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat in Waco, online at alansamuelsdcj.com. You're tuned in to the Sikkim Podcast. Don Rogers, our guest, Deputy Athletic Director in the Athletic Department, Senior Women's Administrator, one of the sports which we've talked about, Don, that you oversee is men's basketball. Uh, another area that you've talked about is health and wellness. So let's blend those two together and tell us what what basketball season is going to look like this year, travel-wise, schedule-wise. What uh, Look into your crystal ball, and how's that going to look? It's, um, it's going to be so different that um, – I, I do hope it's not our new normal. Um, you know, we'll have a tra smaller travel party that will go on the road. Um, everything will look different from how we eat meals together to, um, you know, just who you interact with. And I go back to, I, I don't think 
that everybody understands what a sacrifice these student athletes are making every day. It's not just how hard you're working in the gym, and that's just a small amount of your time, but it's it's where you're going after practice. It's, you know, I listened to women's soccer one day and talking about, hey, we've made this commitment that we're not going to go out to eat. We'll do takeout, but we're going to, you know, we're not going to do these things during the season so that we can play. And I've watched, you know, I've watched, you know, our student athletes all summer not go to weddings, not go home regularly to be around their friends and family because they're so committed, you know, to being successful on the court. And so that'll be the whole season. I mean, they'll be tested three times a week. Um, in basketball, there's, you know, I, I want to say it's a little uneasy because of contact tracing and what that means when somebody is positive. But I do know this, that, you know, all of our student athletes here are doing everything that they can to play and to, um, be, I always, you know, I end my emails right now with be well, mm. you know, whatever that means for you, be well. Um, you know, my husband is a principal. He works in a high school setting. I mean, all of us are doing everything we can to minimize our contact and stay healthy and be well. And, um, I really see that commitment from our student athletes. So there won't be team meals. There'll be a lot of taking food and going back to your, um, room. I've had so many phone conversations, meetings, just left a meeting on game operations and our arenas are just going to look so different and trying to space people apart and keeping, um, you know, the traveling team that comes in kind of in this, um, you know, bubble of not interacting with other people so that you're not having the chance of, you know, coming in contact with somebody that may have the virus and then taking it back on the team plane and being around your teammates. Um, so there's, I think the, the conference is so committed. We have a number of different, our medical professionals. We have our game operations staff that meet at least once a week. We have a basketball working group. We have the senior women's administrators, the athletic directors, um, the medical directors that are all coming together and trying to do everything possible to have a season. Um, and we'll have, you know, we'll, we'll lose some games. We'll have some games that have to be postponed because you might have, um, you know, two or three or four or five, all of a sudden student athletes and coaches that, um, you know, that have the virus, but we'll just work through that one week at a time. Um, basketball, football, uh, excuse me, football, uh, soccer, volleyball, they have just been, um, great templates for us this fall. And we've learned a lot from them. And as they've gotten going, you know, they've had success in getting their games in. Um, and every once in a while there'll be an outbreak and we lose a couple games and then people regroup and then we move on to the following weeks. That was my next question about what have we learned from the fall? You know, these sports, football, volleyball, soccer have played and played well and for the most part on a regular basis or played out the schedule as it was set before them. Can can basketball, men's and women's, learn from this and then moving into the spring sports also? I, th I think we can learn a lot from it. The one unique part of basketball is, unlike our fall sports, is you. I think you really have, when you get into a game situation, when you get into practice situations, it, I think the contact tracing piece is just a little bit more challenging. Football, you can do it more positionally. Mm -hmm. um, volleyball, you know, you have the net in between. That doesn't mean that you you know, that you can't have an issue with somebody that has the virus, you know, spreading it. And the same with soccer, you're outdoors, you just have a little bit more separation. And so 
I think that's the part that the medical directors, um, I feel, I feel, I do feel bad for Kenny. He, um, he has a flag football uh, team. His son is on and Coach Drew's son is on. And so once a week, whether he likes it or not. <laughs> He's Coach, answering and, questions. You know, and Coach Drew, as everybody knows, you know, Coach is always on the forefront of, um, you know, the next bit of technology, the next, you know, thing that's going to help us regardless of what it is. And um, so Kenny fields a lot of questions um, between Mac, me, every sport administrator, every coach, you know, he's got kind of a constant dialogue going there, but we have learned a lot. And I think one of the biggest things that we've learned is, um, you know, symptomatic versus asymptomatic, how things spread. I think we're just a lot smarter in those areas of when somebody tests positive, what we immediately need to look for. Um, and our health and wellness staff has been really great. I mean, they are contract tracing professionals. And so I think they've done a good job of, um, you know, just getting people separated and learning how to stop something from spreading instead of, you know, kind of guessing or being unsure. That's where I think that we've really done a great job. Well, speaking of coach Drew, I just, you know, for myself personally in Baylor vision, um, you know, I remember right when you guys got back from Kansas City, he was our first socially distant press conference and just walking through what that looked like, who all could be in the room, making sure we weren't too close to him and too close to each other, wearing masks, trying to find the right cleaning supplies and to just see, you know, for me, that was like the the point of, wow, this is this is different and this is going to be different. And to see that with Coach Drew, that to now where we are and trying to plan and getting to play games and having them in basketball practice. You know, I work out of the Ferrell Center. I hear the basketballs dribbling all the time, and I'm like, oh, that's a good sign. (laughs) That's a good sound. I enjoy that being back. So it's just we've come a long way. Well, and what I really appreciate about our coaches, too, is um, there's so many questions. And I remember months ago the statement of we have more questions than we have answers. And I I don't know if that ever really changes because we're dealing with, you know, a pandemic. But I so appreciate our coaches, and obviously I get the chance to work with all of our coaches. Um, They're such quality people. And their willingness at times to just accept things that they don't understand. Or, well, you know, we need to do it that way, and I'm not quite sure I understand why, but I'm I'm going to trust you. Um, and things evolve and change and open up more as we move along and we figure out what works and what doesn't work. But that's that's one of the things I appreciate about working here, the coaches that I work with. I am so blessed to work with Coach Drew and Coach Goble because they, they're just – they're partners. It's a partnership at the end of the day. And if everybody's comfortable and confident enough to accept each other's viewpoint and, and at the end you're going to make a decision and move forward. But certainly in this time, I've seen departments that are not collaborative and are not working together and are adversarial and don't trust each other. And I'm so appreciative that we have coaches and staff that um, do appreciate each other, do respect each other, and can find common ground when we don't even always agree, but we can kind of, you know, we can find common ground and move forward. That's a great point to make. Most head coaches, part of what makes them good and successful is they've got blinders on. They yes. see only their sport. They don't see the big picture, you know, the, the overall athletic department picture. But the coaches, those two that you mentioned, and really everybody we have here yes. really do see the big picture. They do. And there was, you know, times this fall when we, 
you know, we said we're going to prioritize the fall sports. They're coming back. We need to put them first. We need to figure this out. We're onboarding. You know, we have over 500 student athletes. Mm -hmm. And so our winter and our spring sports were fantastic of just saying, okay, you know, we get it. If this is not what it normally looks like. And now we're going to do that same thing as we transition into our student athletes going home and then coming back in the spring and prioritizing our spring sports, getting ready for their spring seasons. And that, again, I just appreciate at a time where, yeah, each coach has got a right to sit there and think about their team and their student athletes and putting them first, but understanding that we don't, we, we can't do all of what we had to do in the fall or what we're going to have to do in the spring, um, just like we always used to. So it is, it is wonderful having a group that is respectful and kind and compassionate and cares about each other to work with. And we talk about the sacrifices these student athletes and coaching staffs have made already. Um, but then you look one step further, specifically at basketball, um, both programs, you know, their season falls in some pretty big holidays when most people would want to be home with their families, but that's going to have to be even more aware, you know, being COVID cautious and things of that nature this year than they would have in the past. Yes. They, they, again, I go back to, they are making great sacrifices with, what they do in the time that they're not in Farrell Center. And um, I know it's been especially difficult um, for some student-athletes to not be around their families the way that they want to be, and even in situations where they need to go home and see their families, then understanding that they have to come back and have that small quarantine before they can be back with the team. And that's just, that's really a struggle. I mean, we've seen that across our department with people that have had family members that are sick or you know, parents that you want to go home and see and be around and it might not be the best situation for them or for you and kind of, you know, making those sacrifices along the way. We're all going to appreciate it when we're a little bit more opened up and we can go back to a little bit of the normal of jetting around the country. Well, we look forward to that. Hopefully those days are not far away. And, uh, Don, we appreciate you being with us. This is great. Uh, great to get some insight into your job and your responsibilities and what you do. And uh, you be well and stay yes, safe. Yes, be well. <laughs> thank you both very But thanks much. for sharing with us. We really do appreciate it. Absolutely. It was my pleasure. Don Rogers, our guest on this week's Sikkim podcast. Don, our Deputy Athletic Director and Senior Women's Administrator. And we'll be back next week with another edition of the Sikkim podcast. You've been listening to the Sikkim Podcast, presented by your friend in the car business, Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat in Waco, online at alansamuelsdcj.com. The Sikkim Podcast has been a production of Baylor Athletics.